0: Chaos seems to be all around us and embracing it
1: seems like a contradiction in terms. As we live through the current chaos, how can we learn to embrace it and not let it overpower us. And our next guest is going to be talking about that. And not only that, we actually, in the middle of the episode, we talk about a lesson from a dropped ice cream cone. You got to listen to that. That is a gem of a story and a gem of a lesson right smack in the middle of this show. So to answer the questions about chaos and to guide us through the process, please welcome Bob McGlawney, the founder and CEO of Embrace the Chaos. Bob McGlawney, He's also one of our thought council members on the C-Suite Network, our most elite group. So, Bob, welcome to All Business with Jeffrey Hazel. Hi, Jeffrey.
2: How are you? And thank you for having me on.
1: Man, you're the man in chaos. You're the guy that loves chaos. Look at that. Behind you in the book, you got chaos, chaos, chaos. It's like, that's like your captain chaos. And then I love it that it, for those that are listening on the podcast, he's actually got a painting of a pheasant, which is the state bird of South Dakota. I must salute that. I must salute that.
2: Who knew? I had no idea. This was not a setup.
1: The Chinese ringneck pheasant, we have we have millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars generated every every year in our state by pheasants because people come to hunt pheasants. It's a big industry and uh, it's a natural habitat here in South Dakota. We were blessed with that. And it was a bird that was, the Chinese ringneck and pheasant was um, a bird that's an invasive species that would let go. and uh, But they thrive here and we love it and they love this prairie environment. I mean, it's a big, and they're good eating. I don't know, have you ever eaten pheasant? I have,
2: I have, they're delicious, yes, years
1: okay. ago. yeah, there they are. I was watching some pheasants out my back door. so let's talk when we talk about pheasants, when they take off, it's chaos. I'm telling yeah. you. it's chaos. They just fly everywhere. So how do you embrace chaos? Shouldn't we be running away from all things that are chaos? I mean, that seems like the natural thing.
2: It does. You know, we hide from it, but you can't. It's the natural order of life, isn't it? it and, the, and the fundamental thing, Jeffrey, I think business leaders need to understand. And all of us need to understand is you can't control it. You cannot yeah. control the chaos. But the good news, here's the good news. You can control yourself, your words, your thoughts, your actions. That's yeah. where the power lies in what you control and what you do in that chaos every single day and how you move forward through it. That's really the keys because running away, it's going backwards. You can't run away from it. You can't hide from it. It's there. Once you accept it, once you realize that, you know what, I got to deal with it because this is a hard situation. Once you start to understand you accept it, then you start realizing, okay, what am I going to do about it? And that's where creativity kicks in, Jeffrey.
1: Yeah. It, and I think that's an important thing. I mean, remember Jeff Goldblum always, he talked about the chaos theory in Jurassic Park, right? So is there any controls that you can put around it other than just yourself and being creative inside the chaos?
2: Well, I think there's two things you can really do. I think first is you have to let go of the past mindset. You know, what would, what got you here is not going going to get you there. So that's the first fundamental thing is you got to let go of the past models, past ways of thinking. The second thing you have to do is to start experimenting, start. And so what I mean by that is, I think there's, you have to have not plan A, plan B, plan C. You have to have multiple plan A's. And what does that mean? And Jeffrey, you've been on boards of companies. You've been in leaders, yeah. leadership positions. CEO goes in front of boards and I've been a board, mem- board member. I see the CEO come and says, we've got two plans, plan A and plan B which one should we go with? And they come up with, some people say A, some people say B, but they make a decision at the end, they go with one plan, right? They go with plan. And what happens? You spend money, you spend resources and you lose time and then it doesn't work out or it works out, right? And so what happens is if it doesn't work out, well, you've got to start again, plan B and plan C. And what happens there is you've lost the will to keep going. You've you've lost money and resources. You've lost time. So what I'm suggesting people do control right now, business leaders control it right now is have multiple plan A's, plan A, plan A, plan A. Pick two or three things, small things. You spend a little bit of money on all three of those things and you'll launch them at the same time, simultaneously. Two things happen. One, the marketplace speaks. We can't predict the future, right? We don't know as a business leader what's going to work, what's not going to work. So let the marketplace tell you what worked. If one of those plans worked, well, great. Do more of that. The other ones didn't, well, get rid of it. That's the first thing happens. The marketplace tells you immediately you get a consequence. Second is you don't lose time and you don't burn out. And that's the key. You don't spend a lot of money trying something that the marketplace may not appreciate. And right now, when business leaders are facing that chaos, this disruption, this post-pandemic world that we're in is to start accelerating experimentation. Pick two or three things and launch multiple plan A's. Instead of having A, B, and C, Jeffrey, what I say is have A, B, E. Always be experimenting. Let the marketplace tell you what's going to work and what's not. The fundamental thing I think Jeffrey happens is that business leaders, we look at our past and we say, you know what, we have a good gut feel of what's gonna work, what's not gonna work. You know what, that's not necessarily true. The marketplace is the best judge of what's going to work and what's not going to work. And so that means it gives you a tremendous opportunity to test a lot of things. Get out there. Start experimenting. And you've done this very well in this post-pandemic crisis with drive and thrive. I love it. I love it. So that's what I'm really saying is have multiple plan A's
1: you know i'm a i'm a chaos kind of guy I, I mean i like normalcy but i also thrive in chaos i'm one of those leaders that does well with that and and i also know other people who thrive on chaos and they'll actually try i have people who will put things in chaos in order to thrive better. I mean, that's just how they operate. Even if they're not in chaos in their personal life, they'll put their personal life in chaos because they just, it feels good for them. But right now, I, I, I'm i following this kind of mantra, and I see if you believe with this with me. Days are now weeks. Weeks are now months. Months are now years. Years are now decades, yeah. right? Which I could I think the rate of change of where we're going, what would have taken us you know, years to get, we're now doing in a couple of months. And it's forcing you to really look at your business in a different way and be agile, or what I always say, adapt, change, or die. And I think we're in that mode right now, right?
2: Absolutely. There's four forces of chaos. I talk about in my book that I wrote some years ago, it was a bestseller called Embrace the Chaos. Four forces, okay? Uncertainty. World is completely uncertain. Complexity. Things are intertwined with each other and so hard to make decisions about predicting the future. The third thing is randomness. Things come at you so so out of nowhere, right? And you're like, oh, you get every day you wake up and you're like, oh, what problem am I going to have? And the fourth is speed. We're living in hyper speed. It's, this pandemic has yeah. accelerated everything. I mean, you think about universities. Think about school and education market. Right, think about how that's been completely disrupted. Well, some
1: colleges and universities are talking about they're not even going to open up. They're just going to put everything online. And then, What about all those buildings? What about all those classrooms? What about all that stuff? Holy moly, you talk about change. Listen, before I change and we want to come back, I want to talk a little bit about complexity and, and some of these things that you've, you've outlined. I just think this is spot on, on chaos, for us to look for the signs and understand. But to talk about this, I want to take a quick break, and I'll be right
0: back. C-Suite Radio.
1: All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're back. We're live casting on LinkedIn and on Facebook as we bring you All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett right here on C-Suite Radio. Listen to C-Suite Radio. C-Suite Radio is the world's largest business podcast network and we're so great to be a headliner in that network and of course, hey, not only a headliner, I started it. I'm the chairman. I'm the CEO. So you're listening to the Grand Poobah right here of all podcasts. This is where it's at. So thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. And of course, I'm talking with my good friend, Bob Miglani. He is the CEO and founder of Embrace the Chaos. And we're talking all about chaos. He's one of our Thought Council members, which is the most elite group in our C-suite network. You have to be invited to be a part of it, to be a thought leader, as an author, speaker, coach, a trainer at that level. And Bob is one of those. And certainly um, he, you know, he grew up helping his family run their Dairy Queen store in a small town in New Jersey. And look, you talk about chaos. Ice cream is chaos. Ice cream is chaos.
2: (laughs) Absolutely. You know what? July 4th is chaos (laughs) (laughs) in the ice cream world, Jeffrey. And guess what happens? It's a beautiful day on July 4th. And no employees show up. And so as a kid, I worked there all the time. My sisters oh, and I, oh my is God. Your family still,
1: does your family still
2: own it? No, my parents retired, sold it about five yeah. years ago,
1: but they worked oh. there. They
2: had it for 30 years, a long time.
1: What was the biggest lesson that you, that you learned at Dairy Queen working for your parents? Did you get, by the way, did you get paid
2: I never got paid. That's the thing about yeah. the family business. You never yeah. get paid.
1: But I yeah. got paid.
2: I wrote a book about it called Treat Your Customers About Lessons I Learned at the oh, Dairy Queen. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that was my first book about, you know, many, many years ago. And I think the first the I think there's two things I learned. First is always replace a dropped ice cream cone. A kid comes in and you know, oh, I mean, they come in they drop the cone. That's about integrity, right? About doing the right thing, giving a kid a cone for free. I mean, you just do the right thing. That's the key thing. And you lose money. Yes, you lose a little bit of money. But what you gain from that is loyal customers for life. Yeah. So that's the yeah. first lesson I learned, Jeffrey, is always replace the drop ice cream cone. Second is you get real hard and truth about managing people. I mean, I was a kid. I was a teenager managing other teenagers. And it's very, very hard to do. The key oh, yeah. lesson I learned is in there and that is about relationships and yeah. how you manage relationships and persuade people to do the employees at least to do what you want them to do and get done. That's really,
1: key. yeah. I tell employees sometimes that get up in that managerial, they're managing people. They're not your friends, right? You know, you know, I'm sorry. It's a different relationship. There's a customer and performer relationship in there. I don't see friend in there. You can be friends, but not when you're working like that. That's a yeah. big thing, folks. That's yeah. a lesson. But I, I love that. Always replace a dropped ice cream cone. You know, if we all had that philosophy, you know what I mean? If, 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 a, if a customer blows it and drops this thing, but you step back in and you really try to help them with it, Ah uh, man, does that go a long way? Absolutely. That's integrity. That's chaos. That's so, an opportunity. Right, Those problems yeah, are opportunities in disguise, really. Is it right now with this chaos that we're facing? You got four stages, complexity is it, that's that's a big part of it right now. What to do? What I don't know what levers to pull other than you know, go help, get out there, make it happen, shake the trees, find ways to happen until something falls off that tree. You know, I grew up in Georgia. And we used to have pecan trees, and I don't know if you know pecan trees. You don't pick them. You take a big arm of a tractor and you shake the tree, oh. and the stuff falls down. And eventually, this big pod releases, and inside the pod is, is a pecan. But you got to shake a lot of trees, baby, to find yeah. some pecans. Yes. So, well, you
2: have to go where the customers are. I mean, there's yeah. th- what's happening today in, in business. Leaders are, you know, obviously cutting costs, right? That's the first thing you do is, all right, cut costs. The second is, I got to go virtual. Go virtual. But the third thing I increasingly think we ought to focus on is cash flow, and because you want to shake those trees to see what cash flow is coming in. And what I and, and what I what I suggest to leaders, what I advise leaders to do is go where your customers are. If you give me an example, yeah. I worked for years in the pharmaceutical industry. I I advise leaders in healthcare and pharma, big pharma. They've got this massive sales force. What are they doing? Knocking on doctors' doors. Well, they can't do that today, right? And so what are you going to do? How are you going to ask doctors, your your clients to Zoom you? No, customers don't want to Zoom with sales reps. So what are you going to do? You can't just rely on team and Zoom. So what you have to do is to go where they are going. Your customers need help with a problem that they're trying to solve for their own business. They're on webinars like this one, right? Customers Mm -hmm. are on webinars like these. So join these webinars. See what their mindset is. Meet them. Chat up with them. There's a chat feature, right? All these forums have chat features. It's a great way to meet people who are struggling with problems. And if you can help give them hints and advice and tips on the kind of problems that they can, the the solutions to those problems, then you win them. Then you pull, it's a pull strategy, right? So the industry is used to having sales forces and having a push strategy. What I'm suggesting nowadays to shake those trees you mentioned is to have a pull strategy. Do your own webinars. Do your own recording.
1: Yeah, baby, you're talking my language. You're talking about build a network. Be your own media company. That's what you have to do now. I mean, if you don't get this, you're dead. I'm telling you. Yeah, they're, they're, some of you aren't going to survive. I'm just flat telling you, you're, you're listening and watching right now. You got to be your media company. I've been I've been telling people about it, but I'm going to start telling people about it. And the C-suite network's getting behind it. And then you got to do this. Hey, you got a question from Lisa Joe Barr out of Denver. Hey, Lisa Joe, good to have you here. How how can leaders communicate and teach their employees the art of staying grounded? and flowing and moving while implementing multiple plan A's within their organization. Because a lot of people got all these plans going out there. So how does an employee stay grounded with all this chaos swirling around them?
2: Well, I think there's two things you have to do. First of all, you have to take a deep breath. I mean, really, you got to take a deep breath, step away from the computer a little bit, step out some sunshine, go for a run or walk, or whatever. Get the blood flow going in your head. That's the first more important thing. The second thing is it's okay to fail. The yeah. point right now
1: is you because you're, you're, you're going to you're going to yes. and that's a yeah. great
2: learning experience. You yeah. know, when I first started doing my videos and blogging and all of that, I hoped one person would like it. I was like, oh my god, yeah. one person would like it. But you know what? Over time, one person didn't like it. And so, focus on that individual, that person you're trying to help. That's how you stay grounded. Yeah. Is don't think about the market. Think about the customer. Think about the person. Think about the person who is the customer and their problems that you're trying to solve. Humanize it. That's what we have to start doing is one customer at a time. Those are the two key things that I think is take a deep breath, get a reality check, get your energy going, positive energy. The second thing is really focus on the human part of the experience if you want to do that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it gets back to conditions of satisfaction. I don't care what the plan is. You said multiple, but she said this, multiple plan A's, because one of them is going to stick or some hybrid of that's going to stick, right? And you're actually going to have plan Z, all right? That's what it's going right. to be. And then when plan Z comes, you got plan double A, plan double B, plan double, and, but the key thing is around conditions of satisfaction for an employee, get really clear about what the conditions of satisfaction that you're trying to go, where, where are we trying to end up? Because if you understand that core piece, you can help get there no matter what the plan is. Yeah.
2: It's part of the outcome, right? That's what it is. It's outcome focused. So if you say to yourself, you know what, I want to lose 15 pounds by the end of the year, right? It's hard to sort of have that as a goal. It's a good goal, right? But then it's not going to get you out of bed in the morning to exercise. But if you say to yourself, man, I'm going to look great in those jeans on Thanksgiving day when I come downstairs and my family looks at me like, Bob, you lost all this weight. See, that's an outcome. You focus your team on an outcome of achieving that goal, which is, Oh my God, I look great on those jeans, right? I lost, but the goal was 15 pounds. The outcome was fitting well in those jeans. So we have to reimagine what the outcome looks like a visual, a clear visual. And that helps a lot of people, Jeff.
1: Well, the key question is whether you're going to look good in those jeans the day after Thanksgiving, (laughs) (laughs) that's what you got to know. Hey, um, I tell you what, let's take a quick break and come back. I want to ask you about uh, what kinds of business and leaders win in chaotic times. I'm going to come right back after this uh, word.
0: C-Suite Radio.
1: Hey, we're back live on LinkedIn and Facebook as we're talking with Bob uh, Miglani, who is the CEO of Embrace the Chaos. Embrace the Chaos. You got to check out a book. Just look up Chaos and Bob and you look those two names up, you're going to find it. You're going to be able to buy his books, uh, best-selling book, and one of our Thought Council members here at the C-Suite Network. And that means he's one of the top of the top of the top. And by the way, only at the top of the folks get on our show. So, Bob, welcome and be, uh, being a part of this. Before the break, I was asking you, in these chaotic times, what kinds of businesses and leaders win?
2: The ones who transform an organization right now. They don't just think about cost-cutting mm-hmm. and going virtual. That's the surface, right? That's really the surface. Cost cutting, and, 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 but the ones who adapt and transform right now fundamentally for the long term, right? And that means fundamentally asking yourself, what is this sales force? If you're focusing on cash flow right now, right? It's focusing on cash flow. Yep. Then what does my sales organization look like? And what am I doing on the various different platforms? As you talked about this earlier, all the media platforms that exist out there from podcasting to YouTube to LinkedIn video all of these different platforms that exist, what am I doing in all of them to drive and thrive, as you say, Jeffrey, to get the marketplace, to appreciate the value you're trying to provide. The ones who adapt very quickly, the ones who act very quickly, and the ones who, the other thing is, Jeffrey, I think is important is you have to bring in diverse minds and ideas. That's really key. You've got to join groups like Jeffrey's got the Thought Council, all these. You've got to join different kind of yeah. groups and organizations because you're going to get new ideas you're going to get diverse thinking and also you're going to get a lighthouse where you can follow Somebody who's a little, a little bit ahead of you who you can model to say hey if she can do it well i can do it you know if he can do it why can't i do it so those are the two key things i think people ought to do to win in these times and adapt and transform their organization
1: yeah, and I think it's 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 important for I love the 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 scope of diversity and inclusion right now. It's very important to be able to do that, especially with distributed workforces. How do you get everybody to speak up? How do you get everybody active, engaged in that way? But by the way, Dan Burris said this last week on the show. He was on the show and he's a futurist. He's a really smart guy, thinks big. And he said this is a defining moment. And that's exactly what you said. So winners transform, they're ones that transform. This is going to be a defining moment right now. Your children are going to look back and say, Daddy, Mommy, what did you do during COVID-19? How did you do it? How did you change? How was it different? Hey, Patrick Stewart asked the question, given the high unemployment and underemployment, what is your advice for business leaders on reducing pay and hours versus layoffs, given the uncertainty Oh, and they hit on moral and employee satisfaction. Patrick, that is a great question that so many CEOs are wrestling with. Yes. And uh, I got to tell you, I, I look at that myself. I look at yeah. that. You know, we haven't been able to, we haven't done that yet. We're the, By the way, in South Dakota, where we're, our home base is, although we're in New York and LA and everywhere else, um, we're the lowest in layoffs at lowest in unemployment, uh, right now, then we're number 50th. Um, we don't, we never go up high and we never go down low. So what's your, what's your answer to that? Pat? Uh, for well, Patrick?
2: I, I think I, mean, I hear you, I have a small business. My wife runs a small business. We're dealing with this with the PPP program. Some employees don't want to come back. Right. And yeah. they're, they're making more money on employment and, and, and then you've, but you've got to open your business. So it's a real challenge. I feel your pain. I think my sense of this is that you, I know your intent, to save as many jobs as possible, right? And you just reduce your hours, reduce your payroll, your your, your, wage, your wages, so you're giving these people so you can employ more people. The challenge is that's a short-term measure, okay? Yeah. And, and that's a real short-term. And what happens is those people who are taking a wage cut, who are taking an hourly cut, they may not be able to survive on that income just from your job. So they may have to go out and get another job. And then you're neither here or there. And so yeah. my sense of this is, you kind of you're delaying the inevitable, which is you have to make, just make a decision. And this mm-hmm. goes back to the point earlier, so, you know, these these colleagues, this team, your people, your employees. I feel your pain. Of, I mean, I you love these people, they are heart and soul. But some of them, you've unfortunately, you got to let go. If it's not, if it's the means of survival of your organization, it might be better just to reduce the headcount and have a tight ship, a lean ship where you can navigate the uncertainties versus having a lot of people who are maybe here, maybe there, they're not performing, they're not engaged as much because they're not making as much money, they've lost, they think, they feel like they've lost something by reducing their amount. So I don't know if there's a clear, you know, way, because I don't know your business, but my sense of it is acting faster, is better than delaying the inevitable. That's really the key. Is de- Yeah, it bothers me, though,
1: that, you know, what bothers me is when I hear you say, and it just, it really sticks in my craw, and I got to say it, it, It when I hear someone saying, well, I'm better off on unemployment than working, that just, yeah, I mean, be honest with you, I got to tell you, Bob, that just pisses me off if I hear yeah. something like that, because that just says, well, I'm glad I found out. Right. You know, I mean, from the kind of things I mean, I'm I don't I know you are and I know everybody else in our our C-suite network is doing their very best. I have conversations every single week, every single day with CEOs and leaders of companies who are doing their very best to put people first. And uh, I don't know. I don't know anyone that's not doing that. So I listen, brother, I just want to thank you so much for being part of it. Talking with Bob. McLonnie, he is the man on chaos. He is the CEO of Embrace the Ch- the Ch- Embrace the Chaos." I'm, it's so chaotic, I can't even say it. There you go. But I want you to check him out. Make sure you go to uh, his website, check it out. What's the website address, Bob? Embracethechaos.com, Jeffrey.: Hell, that, that's simple. That's not chaotic. That's <laughs> simple, right there. That's awesome. Bob. Thanks so much for joining us right here in all business with Jeffrey Hazlett.: Thank you
2: for having me Jeffrey.
1: At the end of every show, I like to talk about what I learned, and I'll tell you the lesson I learned. I'll tell you, not just the ice cream cone, always replace a dropped ice cream cone. Wasn't that great? I thought that was unbelievable, but I'll tell you the real lesson I learned, the marketplace tells us. You know, we can talk ourselves in all kinds of solutions, all kinds of models, plan A, plan B, plan C, plan D, the adaption, adoption of this plan, or if we just follow this, but I'll tell you, the marketplace is gonna tell you it's the best judge, according to Bob. And I thought that was a very good takeaway from the show today. And um, my marketplace tells me that you like this show because you keep t- tuning in and listening. So how about tell the rest of the marketplace, that's your friends, because that's how I get more listeners is through your friends. And I appreciate all you do. To, uh, to be my friend and to be a listener on this podcast right here on All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett on C-Suite
0: Radio. You're listening to All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett brought to you by C-Suite Radio, a podcast network featuring today's top business experts and is part of the C-Suite Network, the world's most trusted network of C-Suite executives. Find this and other business podcasts on C-Suite Radio.